Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you. You can text Rock Up KC to 816-307-1611 for a connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockupkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Amen. And all God's people said, so be it. So y'all going to be here at 530? Come on. Yeah, it's a great time. We First fruits matter. Order matters. Order affects outcome. God, first fruits belong to God. Uh, when they don't go to God, then things are out of order and then nothing's in order. Okay? It, it matters. And so we set aside the first week of the uh, year to uh, pray and fast. I was just thinking about um, the 17 missionaries who were finally released. They released two, then three. Now all 17 are home and safe and back on American and Canadian soil. And uh, from Haiti, we praise God for that. But uh, the, the, the group, they spent time in prayer and fasting for their deliverance. And uh, prayer and fasting go together. Uh, I like prayer more than fasting. <laughs> Just going to be honest with you, but um, fasting brings uh, intentionality to your prayer. It puts it on uh, what I call speed dial, hyper mode. Uh, fasting just is a way of foregoing pleasures. Uh, food is good. It's good to eat. It, we need food to survive, and so food's not evil. And um, But when you fast, you're saying, I'm going to set aside this pleasure of eating to seek a higher pleasure of, of seeking God. And so whatever you're led to do, do so to the glory of God. You don't have to announce it. You don't have to be pharisaical about it. You don't have to, well, what are you doing? Well, what are you doing? Well, it's none of your business what I'm doing. I'm doing this in private as unto God. Yeah, it's a corporate time. We come together, but you don't have to start interviewing people as to what they're doing or not doing. And whether are you on the Daniel fast or are you on, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, you just cheated on the Daniel fast. And, you know, like, we had all these little sheriffs going around, you know, nothing against sheriffs, but handing out tickets, you know. It's like the speed persons that are like, oh, you just went, oh, I'm moving. God bless. Mm. I feel a little bit ornery this morning. Of course, I feel that way all the time. <laughs> So let's do. All right. Prayer and fasting. Be intentional. Set your heart and mind and uh, be here. Welcome online family. Forgot to say hi to you. Glad that you're tuning in. Y'all ready to get into the word? Ready for that word to get into you? Get into us corporately and individually so that God's glorified. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Your presence is here, right here, right now. We worship you not as if you're not in the room. You're here with us wherever two or three are gathered in your name. There you are in the midst of us. We thank you that you're a God in the midst of us. And we worship you. We give you praise and honor and glory and pray that you'll be glorified in the way we hear this word, the way we receive this word, the way we act upon this word and mix it with faith. Because, God, you're worthy of this word not returning void in our lives, but bearing fruit and fruit that remains so that we prove to be your disciples and glorify you in heaven. May we be washed with the water of your word. May our minds be renewed that we might prove that which is good and acceptable worship to you. 
in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Well, we finished up Ephesians a few weeks ago, and for the last two weeks, and now this is the third week, we've been talking about Advent, the coming of God, incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us. And God's desire is that his word gets incarnated in your life. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. Emmanuel, God with us. And now God wants Jesus to be incarnated in you and me. And pressure reveals whether that's really happened or not. Okay? Pressure is what brings out the real you. And um, when we see crisis, when we see different things that come upon the earth that we don't like, all of a sudden we find out, have we just been students of the word or have we incarnated the word? Okay? Any man can proclaim his loyalty, but a trustworthy man who can find. That's what Proverbs says. So all the Lord, Lord, did we not? And then he said, depart from me, I never knew you. You don't do what I say. And so what we find in times of crisis is how many people have just sat in church services and how many people have actually received the word to change their mind. It's been incarnated so that when they're squeezed, Jesus comes out. Now, come on now. And we're seeing that. And as pressure mounts and as times of times keep closing in, then you're going to find out more and more. Because you cannot, <laughs> you cannot suppress certain aspects of your nature and character. You can only do it for so long, and then it's going to come out. And so God's looking for a people who not only hear the word, but receive the word. But not only receive the word, but act upon the word. So that the character of Jesus is now incarnated in the earth. And that his son is glorified, and he's glorified then by the fruit that we bear. Amen. So we've talked about wise men still seek him. Wise men still worship him. How many remember last week if you were here? We're to bring our yada. And by the way, it's kind of hard to yada with your hands in your pockets. All right? So just, I mean, I, and I'm a hand-in-the-pocket kind of guy. But I can't get them lifted with my hands in my pocket. And God wants trees, not just bushes. Okay. <clears throat> if the trees of the, heel, the fields clap their hands, then how much more should we? with human being hands, clap our hands to God, to worship. It's yada, I bring, because, and why do we do it? Because it's what God likes. And whether or not you have not had this revelation, God's not always about your comfort. Though he's the God of all comfort, he is. But it's not about our comfort, it's about what he likes. So we bring to him what he likes, and he likes hands. He likes holy hands lifted up. He likes yada. And we lift hands and say, God, I'm here. But then he likes the kabod. He wants you here, present. All of you, your nature, your character, all your being. Cast all your cares upon him. And so when you bring your yada and your kabod, I mean, you're in it. You're dialed in. You're tuned in. God, I'm here. I'm not shopping. I'm not, you know, wondering what we're going to eat after this guy stops speaking. Um, I'm, I'm like... I wonder if, you know, just I'm not planning out my grocery list or, you know, the 
the to-do list that you left on the counter and now you're at the store trying to remember what you wrote down. But you're, you're, you're dialed in. You, and I bring it to you, God, because you're worthy. You're the one in the room. We're here to worship you, to bow down, to magnify you, to glorify you. We're, I'm all in because you're all in for me. You paid it all. And how much more then could I offer up my body as a living praise to you? The sacrifice of my lips, the giving thanks to God. We are now the priests that God, we're the priesthood of believers. And now instead of lighting physical incense, we are the incense. So all the things in the tabernacle we now bring as the tabernacle of God. Come on now. This is, and so we're all the worship team. Every one of us are. And we bring worship to God and wise men still worship him. And I want to go a step further today and look at Luke chapter 2, another portion of this story. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augusta that all the world should be registered. This census first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before him, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. I want to stop right here and say that um, there are, two kinds of fears there's a holy fear and then there's a demonic fear okay there is the fear of God which is a holy reverential respect and honor of God that he's God we're not and that's a good kind of fear and the Bible says that you can choose the fear of God and we want to choose the fear of God but there's a demonic fear that the world releases that the enemy releases to bring you into control and to get you off your centered on God and that's not of God and that's why throughout the scripture God says do not fear do not fear the one who can kill your body but fear God who can have you, you know you can die and your soul can go to hell that's you need to fear that's the reverential respect that you need to have for God and throughout the scripture God says do not fear do not fear do not fear I fear God and God alone and that's that's the reality and we have to be careful that we're not Fear peddlers, because we're, then we're playing right into the hand of the enemy and the world system to live in fear. And so these men were, were startled. <laughs> I mean, angels appeared, and they're like, whoa. And then he, the angel has to say, do not fear. Calm down, guys. This is a word from God. And I just want to give a word, like, calm down. God is God, and he is in charge. Come on. And so act like men and women of God who have encountered God and receive faith. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, 
He's not giving it to you. So don't receive what he's not giving. But, but receive what he is giving. Power, love, and a sound mind. God is not giving you a spirit of fear. But he's giving you a, a spirit of power. The dunamis. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The dunamis power of God. Dynamite comes in small packages. You don't need a whole lot. Just a little bit of faith will move a mountain. Come on. So nurture the amount of faith that you have. Don't, well, I wish I had their faith. No, take the faith you have and grow it. Come on now. Quit envying everyone else's faith or gift. Follow their godly examples, absolutely. But then go after what you've got in your hand. Take what you put in, what God's put in your hand. And quit being like the rest of the world, comparing themselves among themselves, which is not wise, which is not wisdom at all, because you're unique created by God in unique ways with a unique plan and purpose. So, you know, sit on the side of your bed and say, what in the world do I want to stop doing so that I can start doing what I was created to do? Quit looking to everyone else for your identity and look to God and what he says about you. You know, Sean Mendez, the prophet, you know, you know the prophet Sean Mendez? Well, he's a singer. I don't know if he's a prophet or not. I don't even know he knows the Lord. But he has a lyric in his song, and I don't know if he wrote this lyric or not, but he says, everything is nothing without you. Everything is nothing if I can't have you. See, that's what, everything is nothing if I can't have you. That's what Pastor Kurt was exhorting us about. That's what this song that says that we're singing, you can have this world. Give me Jesus. What does it profit a man if he gained the world and loses his soul? And so is it settled in your heart that, God, if I can't have you, I don't want anything? So that's where real salvation comes in. When you understand you're spiritually bankrupt. It's not Jesus plus your stuff and your talent and your treasure. No, it's Jesus And so I hope that you are rising up in this hour and saying, I will not receive the fear of the world. I will only receive and choose the fear of God. All right. You're not helping me much today. But I'm telling you what. Um, God is speaking and we need to say amen to him. You know, don't say amen to your opinion. Uh, don't say amen to your analysis. Say amen to what God has said. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. How many would like to have that recording? That would be awesome. <laughs> Well, someday, we'll, we'll, we don't need a recording. It'll be 24-7. Amazing. So it was when the angels had gone away from the, them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord had made known to us. Don't you love that? Like, they didn't mess around. The word of God has been spoken. We're going after it. We're not going to hesitate. We're not going to lollygag around. We're going to go after what God has said to do. I love that about these shepherds. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. 
Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which is told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things that were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told them. You see, here's the title of this third message in our Advent series. Wise men receive him. Wise, you know, you can seek him. You can even worship him, but not having received him. People do it all the time. Religion will do that to you. Religion will allow you to seek him, even acquiesce worship to him, but without receiving him. The Bible calls it a form of godliness, yet denying its power. So it's possible to genuinely, yeah, I'm seeking God, I'm seeking God. Well, yes, you're seeking God, and you already know the truth of God, but yet you're not embracing it. Yes, you'll come to a worship service. Yes, you'll lift your hands. Yes, you'll throw some money in the offering. You may do all that stuff, but have you received him? Have you received him? Let me ask you a question. Where would you place yourself in this story? A busy innkeeper or a shepherd? You know that busyness will always lead to barrenness of soul. People are busy right now. Busy, 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 busy. Getting gift cards, staying in line. Da, 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 da. You know, preparing for Christmas is just supposed to be solitude and peace on earth, goodwill to man. And it's chaotic and it's crazy because it's become very, very commercialized and very, very little about Jesus and more about, you know, what the traditions we made it. So you can say what you want, defend it as all you can. But listen, it was never meant to be that way. And there will be people because of what it's been made to be, that are going to be disappointed at Christmas. Disappointed that God sent his son, that we're celebrating the incarnation. Disappointed because I didn't get the gift I wanted. Come on now. But that's the busyness. That brings barrenness of soul. And we're frustrated and we're anxious and we're, oh, you know. And it's like, Whoa. Time out here. Well, pastor, it's just that you're not, you're not a gift giver. You know, you're, that's not your love language. And, you know, and it's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. What is the season we're celebrating here? And what has it been made into? And you have a choice on what you're going to make it into. And I choose to make it about Christ. And, and, and his solitude and his beauty and his majesty and his peace on earth. And I'm good. I'm good. Are you good? Or are you the shepherd in the story? Are you one of the shepherds? You see, here's what. The innkeeper, I'm not dogging the innkeeper. Business was good, man. He was busy. The census was taking place. He, he just, but see, divinity visited him and he didn't recognize it. Divinity visited the shepherds, and they did. Are you hearing me? I want to suggest to you that we need to slow down and be more shepherd-like in this hour so that when divinity is here, we're sensitive to it, and we make haste to obey what divinity has spoken to us. See, wise men don't just seek him. Wise men just don't 
bow down and worship for a second, they receive him. They receive him. What does it mean biblically to receive? The word means to come into possession of. To acquire or receive a gift. To act as a receptacle or container. To assimilate through the mind or senses. To receive new ideas. To permit to enter. Have you really received him? Permitted him to enter. Allowed him to capture your senses and renew your mind. Allowed him to come in and bring transformation to convert you. I mean to convert you. People who work on cars, there used to be six-volt systems. How many remember six-volt systems in cars? Some of you are like, I don't know. You know what a volt is. <laughs> well, touch one sometime and you'll find out. It's like... <laughs> They convert it, convert it to a 12-volt system. Conversion. Jesus said, unless you're converted to become like a child, you can't enter the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, you can't even see it. It makes no sense to you if you're not born again. That's why spiritual truths don't register with religious people. Because they're natural, they're carnal. They've not been born again. They can't see the things of the kingdom. So look at some of these promises to the wise who receive him. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Come on, Shazam. This is God being magnified like all of this is made by God. And we get to worship him. We get to receive him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is speaking of John the Baptist. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. See, now that you who are in Christ, you are now the light of the world. Jesus said, while I was in the world, I was the light of the world. But now I'm going, and now you're the light of the world. And my question for you, as a child of God, as a light bearer of God, are you sharing the light, or are you sharing worry? Are you sharing pessimism? I mean, what light are you plugged into that the world might see and know that he's the Christ, the Son of the living God and if they taste and see that he's good because they taste and have seen the goodness of God in you then they open their eyes and they're converted see we can say all we want about everyone else but what about you what about light that's in you he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him he came to his own and did and his own did not what? They did not receive him. But as many, this is the great promise, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Come on now. What a wise men receive him who were born not of blood. Doesn't matter who your daddy was, doesn't matter who your mama was, doesn't matter how far back you go in your genealogy. 
None of that matters. To become a child of God, you must be born again. To become a child of God, you must receive him. Not of blood nor the will of the flesh. You just didn't get up one day and say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a Jesus follower. You had nothing to do with it. God had everything to do with it. He, you did not choose him. John chapter 15, go look at it. You did not choose him. He chose you. And he appointed you to bear fruit and that your fruit will remain. God did this. And so God's a fruit inspector. And he'll come and say, where's the fruit that I put in you? I chose you. You didn't choose me. So now let me see the fruit of the existence of my life in you. Not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Come on. If you're born again, it was because God willed it for you. Whoa. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Glorious Jesus. And yeah, I can look into his eyes and behold his beauty. Yes, I can sing to him. Oh, my king, that you would die for me. Come on now. Yes, I can bend my knees and lift my hands and bring my whole body before him in worship. Because he's the glorious God, the glorious King, the glorious Lord. I can lift my hands in praise and adoration and agree with the inspiration of Scripture. says, now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. And I can turn and I can shout praises to him and I can give you high fives. Because it's better than a touchdown. It's better than a comeback win in overtime. Oh, oh, that's good. That's good. But I'm telling you what. This is better. His glory. His glory. How many have ever been overwhelmed by the presence of God? How many just, and you just, you're overwhelmed. It's like, that's what glory is in the scripture. It's his kabod, his presence. It fills the room. It comes into your car where you're sitting. It comes into that moment. It comes into gyms when you're working out. Unexpected ways. And you break and you worship and you weep and you, and you have joy inexpressible and full of glory. How many have been so happy in God you just don't have any words it's like, Jesus, Jesus. See, that's inexpressible. You ever had that moment? God encounter, you encounter God, and there's no words, but you're, you're, you're exploding. And that's why we're going to need new bodies. Because you couldn't enter into heaven with, that, with your old body. It, would, it won't handle the glory. It can't handle it. glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Do you see, wise men receive his grace and truth. You know, you'll never, you'll never get delivered from what you won't admit that you have. You've got to receive truth. 
The psalmist says, I receive truth in the inward being. God desires truth in the inward being. So many people are still bound up because they're believing lies in their inward being. They're not receiving truth. But see, you receive grace and truth. Grace enables you. The unmerited favor of God, the grace of God coming, appearing. You didn't save yourself. You're not saved of your own. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. You did not save yourself. God saved. It's a free gift of God. You can't earn it. I receive grace, God. I receive my ability and my inability. I acknowledge my inability to make myself right with you. I acknowledge it, that I'm spiritually bankrupt without you. That God, I can do none, I can't convert myself, only you can. So I receive your grace and your truth. And a lot of people won't get their marriage straightened out because they won't deal with the lies they're believing in their heart. It's true. A lot of people won't change because they won't deal with the truth of who they really are and the stuff that's got them locked up on the inside. Seriously. But wise men, receive his grace and his truth. And wise men receive his humility. His humility. Philippians chapter 2, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interest. You have interest? You have interest? You have inter I have interest? Do you have interest? You can look after your interest. But just don't look after your own interest. That's why we partner with so many different ministries around here in the United States and around the world. Why? Because we can't just look after our own interest. Don't be one of those Christians that say, well, we got, we got poor people right here in America. God owns the whole world. God cares about the whole world. Come on now. That just step on someone's toes? Be a whole Christian. Be a kingdom Christian. Come on now. Be a biblical Christian. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy, for the amen. I love you, brother, and grace goes out to you, too. But also for the interest of others. Just every now and then, just find out, well, hey, what's your interest? What's your passion? Anything I can do to help you with it? It would be a pretty cool word, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be just like, hey, what, what, what's interesting you right now? You having a struggle with it? How can I help you work with it? Maybe pray for you? What do you need? Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let it. Some people won't let it. Don't be I don't let it person. <laughs> let it be in you. Drew, let it be in you. Let it be in you. Let this mind be in you. This mindset. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation. This is the great emptying of the divinity of God becoming a man, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. 
Henry Nouwen experienced this miracle of grace, and I quote him here. It is hard to believe that God would reveal his divine presence to us in this self-emptying, humble way of the man from Nazareth. So much in me seeks influence, power, success, and popularity. But the way of Jesus is the way of hiddenness, powerlessness, and littleness. It does not seem a very appealing way. Yet when I enter into true, deep communion with Jesus, I will find that it is this small way that leads to real peace and joy. Hey, he received me while I was yet a sinner. He died for me. And I've received him. And I'm at peace. Peace is passes understanding because he's the prince of peace and he's entered in. One of the best stories of humility is that of a man who arrived in 1953 at the Chicago Railroad Station and received the Nobel Peace Prize. I said last night the Nobel. My wife made sure that I I get away with nothing, people. <laughs> My team lets me get away with nothing. They tell me the words I make up. They challenge words that I say, and then they find out that they're real words. It's true. He stepped off the train. Tall man with bushy hair and a big mustache and the cameras flashed and city officials approached with hands outstretched to meet him. He thanked them politely. Then he asked to be excused for a minute. He walked through the crowd to the side of an elderly black woman struggling with two large suitcases. He picked them up and smiled and escorted her to the bus, helped her get on and wished her a safe journey. Then Albert Schweitzer turned to the crowd and apologized for keeping him waiting. It is reported that one member of the reception committee told a reporter that's the first time I ever saw a sermon walking. <laughs> the man getting ready to get the Nobel Peace Prize sees a woman struggling with her luggage. Puts the waiting crowd. He's the hero of the story here. He's getting the prize. He didn't look out for his own interests but looked out the interest in ours. See, if you're too busy, you won't take time. If you're too busy, you won't see it. Places to go, people to see, things to do. Checking my list, checking it twice, see who's naughty, who's nice. <laughs> hey, church. Receive the humility of Jesus. Embrace it. And go be the walking sermon that God wants to write about you in him. See, wise men receive his lordship. His lordship. Colossians says it this way, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus. What's it say? As you receive Christ Jesus. Kim, what's it say? No, it says Jesus the, the what? I'm going to give you the answer. It's right there on the screen. It doesn't say as you receive Christ Jesus the Savior, Christ Jesus the healer, Christ Jesus the blesser, 
Christ Jesus the righteous, which those are all qualities of God. It says that you received Christ Jesus the Lord. Have you received him as Lord? Lord means owner, ruler. You've signed it all over to him. He's in charge, you're not. Lord means he calls the shots, you don't. Lord means that you signed a check that was written out only by him. He can put whatever amount he wants on it at any time. Do you understand? Lord means that you don't tell him what you're going to do and not do. The moment that you do, you've obligated him to change it. Do you understand that? Because he's God. He's Lord. And many people want a savior. They want a butler. But they don't want a Lord. So walk in him. Rooted and built up in him. And established in the faith as you have been taught. Abounding in it with thanksgiving. You see, the early Christians refused to say Caesar is Lord. Many were martyred for only willing to confess Jesus is Lord. You know, the Roman emperors created, made themselves this God. That's why that, they had to go back. They demanded, we're going to know everyone. We're taking a census and you're going to know we're in charge. We're gods. We're lords. You're peons. We own you. Your allegiance is to us. It was demanded. And when it wasn't acquiesced to, then to the stakes they would go. To the Colosseum they would go. Romans 8, it's Romans 10. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I love this story from Mark Batterson's book, Play the Man. Play the Man. How to become a man of God that you want to be. This story is told, it's like a scene straight out of Gladiator. Polycarp was dragged into the Roman Colosseum. He's one of the early church fathers, discipled by the Apostle John himself. The aged bishop faithfully and selflessly led the church at Smyrna through the persecution prophesied by his spiritual father. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer, writes John in Revelation 2.10. Be faithful even to the point of death. John had died a half century before, but his voice still echoed in Polycarp's ears as the Colosseum crowd chanted, Let loose the lion! That's when Polycarp heard a voice from heaven that was audible above the crowd. Strong, Polycarp, play the man. He heard that from heaven. Play the man. Days before, Roman bounty hunters had tracked him down. Instead of fleeing, Polycarp fed them a meal. Ah, isn't this like Jesus? He fed... He fed them a meal. Perhaps that's why they granted his last request, an hour of prayer. Two hours later, many of those who heard the way Polycarp prayed actually repented of their sin on the spot. They did not, however, relent of their mission. Like Jesus entering Jerusalem, Polycarp was led into the city of Smyrna on a donkey. The Roman proconsul implored Polycarp to recant. Swear by the genius of Caesar. Polycarp held his tongue, held his ground. The proconsul prodded, swear and I will release these, release thee, revile the Christ. 
80 and six years, this is his response. 80 and six years have I served him, said Polycarp, and he has done me no wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king who saved me? The die was cast. Polycarp was led to the center of the Colosseum where three times the proconsul announced, Polycarp has confessed himself to be a Christian. The bloodthirsty crowd chanted for death by beast, but the proconsul opted for fire. As his executioner seized his wrist to nail him to the stake, Polycarp stopped them. He who gives me strength to endure the fire will enable me to do so without the help of your nails. Can you imagine such courage? Can you imagine such faith? As the pyre was lit on fire, Polycarp prayed one last prayer. Here's what he prayed. I bless you because you have thought me worthy of this day and this hour to be numbered among your martyrs in the cup of your Christ. Soon the flames engulfed him, but strangely they did not consume him. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before him, Polycarp was fireproof. Instead of the stench of burning flesh, the scent of frankincense wafted through the Colosseum. Using a spear, the executioner stabbed Polycarp through the flames. Polycarp bled out, but not before the 12th martyr Smyrna had lived out John's exhortation, be faithful even to the point of death. Polycarp died fearlessly and faithfully. And the way he died forever changed the way those eyewitnesses lived. He did what the voice from heaven had commanded. Polycarp played the man. And here's my challenge to the men in this room. Play the man. Be the man of God that you've received. Let the lion of the tribe of Judah rise up within you. Be courageous. Be strong. Be faithful. Not by your own faith, but by the faith of the Son of God. Lift your hands and give your body in sacrifice to the living God. Forget about what others might think. Let your pride go to the curb and embrace the humility of Jesus and play the man. And my word to the women that are in this room, play the woman of God. Let the lion of the tribe of Judah rise up within you in your femininity and in your courage. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Don't give in to fear. Be courageous in the slight of persecution, in the slight of worry. Speak to your mountain and play the woman of God. Are you hearing this today? Receive him as Lord. Stand with me if you would, please. You see, Jesus is Lord at his birth. Don't keep him as a little babe in a manger where you can control him. No, he was king at his birth. He's Lord at his birth. You did not just receive salvation. You received the Lord. And so walk in him. So my question for you and for those who are listening online, have you, does your life reflect that you've received him? Come on now. Am I, am I going out into that world reflecting the victorious Christ, the loving Christ? You see, does it reflect that you are in an ongoing state of receiving him? Like, I'm ongoingly receiving him. Like, every day, every morning, God, I receive you, have me. Not just help me, God, but have me. Have me in this hour. Have me in this moment. God, have me in this, in this very time that I'm living. God, have your way in me. Not my will. Not just my comfort. Just not my ease. But your will be done in my life today. 
That's the cry. I don't have tomorrow. It's, it's not promised. Yesterday's gone. Have your way in me today. See, you're made for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made me for. Okay? We say, this is the day the Lord has made. Now, and say this. This is the day the Lord has made me for. You've been made for today. Right now. Make your impact today. Right now. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow may not be. Today, make your impact. Right now. The hour is now to worship Him in spirit and truth. The hour is now to follow those promptings. Sow the seed in faith. I sent a text to a person that I've not talked to in a while. And I just sent a text to them. And I said, how are you doing? How are you holding up? I haven't heard back from them. I didn't send it to hear back from them. I sent it out of obedience to sow the seed that God sees and God cares. Whether or not they respond, it's not up to me. One man plants, another waters, but it's God who gives the increase. I don't know when God's going to bring the increase of that text that was sent, but it's up to God, not up to me. Are you hearing me? He's looking for now people. Now people. And so this is the question. Are you, are you receiving His grace, His truth, His mercy, His forgiveness, His holiness, His majesty, His humility, His kindness, His faith, His perseverance, His steadfastness, His hope, His peace that surpasses understanding, His healing, His empathy, His compassion, His deliverance, His salvation, His ways. Are you receiving His heart on an ongoing daily basis? I pray that you'll be wise men and women. You'll not just seek Him. You'll not just worship Him, but you'll receive Him. Let's pray. Father God, let Your Word be true. Let Your Word be true and let it be incarnated in our lives, God. Let this Word come alive in us because You are the living Word of God. And today, we, in a fresh and a new way, God, we lift our hands, we raise our voice, and we say, God, have Your way in us today. Have your way by the Spirit. Have your way by the truth. Have your way by grace as we embrace you, as we receive you, and as you have chosen us, God. You are worthy to get the fruit that you've chosen us for. And so we yield and surrender afresh and anew. And we pray, God, that we'll bear fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold, that you would be honored, that you would be glorified, and that your kingdom would come in us and come through us as it is in heaven on this earth. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people shouted, amen and amen.